Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy and I love watching scary movies. And so I watch them so that you don't have to, but not this week. We're having a little... I'm starting to feel like a a lie. I'm just an absolute liar. (laughs) I know. I mean, we have made progress with uh, our relationship with scary movies has evolved over three years of doing the podcast. What can we say? I am still more scared than you, and I will say, so I, yeah, I did watch the movie this week, but it's also like, it's, you know, it's, kind of, it's not the scariest, not the scariest one, one I could have watched, done. so I kind of lucked out, which I, I love. Yeah. Um, and it's just, just the two of us this week. Well, not, you'll wait, wait and see, but of the, <laughs> of the three of us, it's just the two of us. And, um, and Henny will be back. Don't worry. She's, she's, sometimes in life, you got to just take care of some stuff and we all support that and she'll be back and we love her and just don't even worry about it. Just don't even worry about it. <laughs> um, Sammy, how are you? How are we this week? Did anything scary happen to you? Um, well, just a little update from last week. Yes, uh, please. Those who didn't hear last week's episode, my two cats who are brothers who I've had for seven years all of a sudden have started viciously attacking each other out of nowhere. And it's been incredibly stressful. And so I did take the one that had been kind of the punching bag to the vet. And they shaved his little neck and he looks so funny because <laughs> they were trying to uh, see where the cuts were and the, the wounds because he's injured and he's doing fine. But when he came back from the vet, apparently this is something that happens that hadn't happened before. But then my other cat just straight up didn't recognize him. He must have smelled different or something. And he acted like I was bringing well, my brother home. doesn't have a bald patch. So it can't <laughs> this be is a different him. cat. <laughs> like I brought, he acted like I brought a stray cat in off the street and it got way worse. And he was just nonstop attacking him to the point where I had to supervise every waking moment for like 12 hours. And I had to separate them in different rooms. And I put these little baby gates up so that they were on other sides of the gate, just growling and hissing at each other. It was so stressful, so incredibly stressful. Um, but after about 12 hours, they kind of figured it out. It's also just so dumb. Like, why? They're so it's dumb. It's so stupid. You know him. <laughs> Seems really strange. Yeah, they're but stupid. Anyways, um, it did eventually get better. And now they're back to being fine. And I want to say thank you to all the listeners who sent in mm-hmm. suggestions. I did get that cat pheromone plug in that's supposed to calm them down. And they seem better. And I don't know how what percentage of it is from that pheromone thing. But I'm just Great. trying everything. And it does seem to be improving. So I'm going to keep using them. I'm very happy to hear that. But yeah, it's been a scary journey for sure. 
It's when your cats are being stressful, it's a writ like and I can't imagine it's worse with children, but all I have experience <laughs> with is cats. And if your cats are like it, like have things going on. It's so stressful. It like it. It's like the most stressed I've ever been. I think is when like Mabel was acting out and I couldn't figure it out. And like it, yeah, it's a, it's a feels like hell. I put on cat like TV, you know the like squirrel oh, and yeah. bird videos to distract them, <laughs> and it really worked. But they were sitting next to each other watching the video, and Mac would just slowly lean over and bite Buck, <laughs> like <laughs> as if if he did it in slow motion, he could get away with it and it would be fine. Um, which was pretty funny, but also it stopped biting him. He did stop. stop. He did him. stop. He did stop. And it's, it seems to be better, but I'll keep you guys posted. You know, keep does us posted. the journey end here? We're not sure. We're fingers crossed. Ugh. But what about you, Emily? Anything scary happened to you this week? Well, I finished my quarter, so I'm relaxed for the first time in 10 weeks. Congratulations. My eye got better. An update for the listeners. My eye is improving. <laughs> I talked to another of our friends this week and she got herself like really stressed, sick and had eye infections in both eyes. And I'm like, we need to find a way to not let stress get to this level. Like stress this is, isn't stress is crazy. I, never in my life have I, have I had such an obvious external reflecting my internal state, just like a, a one to one. Did I tell you about that time I watched this documentary about how how dangerous stress is? It's like stress is <laughs> yes, really so bad for you. <laughs> like stress is the number one killer. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, fuck, I can't fuck, be fuck. stressed. I can't be stressed. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's it's not good. But I so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming around the bend. I'm feeling feeling better um joel is out of town this weekend which has not happened since we've been living together that he's like just gone and i'm i'm in town so i've had the place all to myself and on the one hand having uh, four cats and a partner feels very different than having four cats and being home alone like i all of a sudden i'm like oh my god oh my god they're everywhere (laughs) there it's too much um so that's been a little bit scary but really i've just had too many plans you know i was really looking forward to a solo weekend in my home to do just absolutely nothing and mind you it's been fun we've had fun plans spoiler alert my plans have you've been in on all my plans so i've seen you a lot which is always a treat you know that but i just like i'm like i've been like joel's gonna be back mid-recording and i'm like did he even leave yeah (laughs) and i'm so happy he'll be back home but like i you know i was really i had these grand ideas of my solo time just came and went in a flash time to relax really does just it it's you think you're going to have time to relax and you never do. Again, it's, it's stress. It's for me. I'm filling it's every moment with plans stress. and things. And then Can't I'm like, even wait, enjoy fuck, the fuck. enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. It's just, ugh. but you, you know, have a couple weeks off now for before your next I quarter. I do. And, uh, and so hopefully schedule some good relaxing time in there. Yeah. I'll schedule. I will schedule in some relaxing time. I sometimes have to do that because I will genuinely it never relax if I don't <laughs> relaxation needs to be an intentional choice I think I think and so I'll try I will try I don't you know what I'll succeed I'm gonna put it out there right now there that I will I'll be gonna succeed at it and now it. I've made it something I have to achieve <laughs> and uh, that you know puts a, a level of stress on it but another <laughs> thing I did this week a kind of scary thing is I watched the movie um 
full disclosure, I had seen it before. And also, it's like not the scariest, but it is scary. It also is so good. I'm very excited that we are talking about it this week. It is Pan's Labyrinth um, or, you know, it's a Spanish language film. So El Labyrinto del Fano. Um, it was released in 2006, directed and written by Guillermo del Toro. Starring Sergi Lopez, Maribel Verdu, Ivana Baquero, Doug Jones, Ariadna Gill, and Alex Angelo. And it is available to rent for $3.99. Ooh, I can't wait to hear about it. And we are joined by two guests today to talk about this film. They are the hosts of Stradio Lab, which is a podcast from iHeartMedia and Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network. Sam and George, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Wow. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. What a business forward <laughs> introduction. Oh, I, yeah. I, and I celebrate it. We could learn a thing or two from that. <laughs> I mean, truly. <laughs> How are wow. you guys? We're, we're great. We both love this movie, I got to say. Yeah. yeah uh, like off the bat. Yeah. It's and I think wonderful. both of us had sort of like always wanted to watch it and never. <gasps> Pulled the trigger too. It was the first Ooh. time. Yeah, never pulled the trigger. Yeah, first wow. time. First like time. It, it's like I remember since it came out, like everyone's saying how good it is, and I like Guillermo del Toro. Like I've seen his other, I, but I just for some reason, it's not the thing that I would like a fairy tale for adults type thing. Right. Is not the kind of thing I would normally press play on. Yeah, I you think, like need a reason. Yeah, I think Sam. For you, maybe it's more because Sam like you. Sam loves like Lord of the Rings and think like I feel like for you maybe it would be more likely that you would press play on something like this. Yeah, I think it's pretty likely. It seemed pretty <laughs> up my alley when I was watching it. But uh, I have this thing where if anything's, <laughs> it's really hard for me to watch a movie that is like <laughs> it either has to be like really old <laughs> or like mm. really current. <laughs> like when okay. someone's like, oh yeah, it's like fifteen years old. It's like okay, like what? <laughs> yeah, okay. I ha- so I totally know what you mean. There's something about. Like the early 2000s where I'm like, why? Why would anybody, did anything good happen then? And like the answer is it did, but it feels like a weird thing to go. I was remembering, so we'll we'll get into it, but when I was looking at this movie, I was like, oh, this was a massive movie. Like Mm -hmm. this movie was huge and important and it weirdly, it feels like it shouldn't have been 15, oh my God, almost 20 years ago now. 2006, this is, oh, it's well, it's about, it's right in between 15 and 20, but it's a long time ago. And that feels crazy to me. It feels like it shouldn't have been that long ago. But okay, wait, before we get into that movie, because we're going to have to yes. dig in. Did anything scary happen to either of you this week? Anything you need to get off your chests? George, you go first. I can, well, something, this is not going to make me seem uh, it's not. I'm not going to come across well in this story, but okay. something just something just happened to me that truly felt I don't even want to say creepy because it was my fault, but I'll just say what it was. So I, I'm sort of fascinated with, uh, like suggested reels on Instagram because it's always the most (gasps) insane content you can imagine. It's like, it's made, it's almost like it's made by someone to like scare you about the capability of humans to be like, uh, sort of weird. (laughs) I, I can't, I don't know how else to describe it, but I was like, and my, it's always based on like identity markers. So like I, I follow a lot of my family, uh, you know, lives in Greece. So I follow a lot of like Greek content. Then I follow a lot of like gay content and then I follow a lot of like comedy content. So the Instagram, it's always literally like, okay, you like comedy. Here's a clip of Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) Yeah. Like, do you like you're Greek? Here are like literally 15 different people doing impressions of their Greek mothers. And it's like all, uh, all, all people like doing like a Greek accent, uh, 
doing an impression of their Greek mother. And there was like 15 of them in a row. Like, you are gay. Here's Antony. And so I was sort of like, this is, I mean, it's just like funny on on a sort of meta level. So I I did this thing where I was like, I just went on my suggested reels and I was like, okay, everyone, here's a selection of my current suggested reels. And I just like shared like 20 of them in a row. (laughs) And I was like, ha ha ha, funny. People were applying. Everyone was like, la la la. (laughs) And then suddenly... Obviously, because these people are all like creators who check their <gasps> shares, all of them started responding to me and being like, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. And <gasps> oh, my I, God. I just felt, you know, when you like suddenly realize, oh, no, I'm the asshole. Like, I'm literally yeah. like making fun of these poor oh, people no. who are just doing like they're because ju- I and I didn't even say anything mean. But, you know, obviously the tone was not the very spirit nice. Of it. Yeah, you knew. <laughs> the spirit you knew. Of it was not nice. <laughs> and I wasn't making fun of them. I was making fun of like the algorithm or in my of mind. Course. So I thought. But then suddenly. I ju- I truly it took 25 minutes and I checked my DMs and it was all these people being like thanks for sharing and then a couple of them later on realizing what was happening and being like wait did you not like it oh, I was like no. oh no, no. <laughs> and so I just like end up I just del- I deleted all of it of course I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings but this happened in the span of truly 25 minutes and yeah, when I say a, seven a real of them, roller coaster <laughs> yeah wow. and it really just felt like. Um, uh, you just like forget how everything is public, obviously. Like, obviously, I'm sharing mm-hmm. something on Instagram, it's public. But then it feels like suddenly all these <laughs> yeah. people are like knocking at your door and they're like, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It felt a little sort of like, uh, you know, little little people appearing out of my computer being mad at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, it is a weird thing. It's like, duh, of course there are people attached. But like the, it, the way that we're just bombarded with images and voice, it's even like, exactly. do, like doing a, a podcast, it's like, we're just two we're just people and I feel like sometimes like we I, I like can't read comments I can't read reviews I, I can't because it's like absolutely but I get it I like look at an interview and be like who's this person what are we and it's like that's a per, that's just a person we are like our brains aren't meant to process seeing people not in real life and like having any sort of relationship to them totally and when you you take everything out of context I was like Okay, think of like, what if someone were to hear me talking about something out of context? Of course, they would think it's as stupid as the things that I think I'm that I'm getting served. (laughs) If someone who didn't listen to our podcast heard a clip of it, they'd be like, they need to be institutionalized. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Well, and I also think with the Internet, it's really tough because I do believe one, everyone wants to shit talk all the time. And that's okay. I think people should be able to shit talk. I just think I shouldn't be able to see it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes. Correct. How do we do this? How can we have both? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, every and it's like yeah, to the you put things on the internet, people are gonna have thoughts. You you say things in a podcast, people are gonna have thoughts. Like, of course, of course. But yeah, it should be. We should all. It should all be into the void. Like it should yeah. just like go. It should yeah. disappear forever. <laughs> yeah, that would we be need really like nice. Instagrams that you with like fake people looking at it, but really it's just you on your own phone. Like like a little. <laughs> An app that's like this is social media, yeah, totally, but it's like 100 percent not. That's what we I all mean, that's need. That's literally like cat TV, is what you're describing. <laughs> we all need cat TV yes. Instagram. Yeah, you know those wow. are real birds. You're having a fun time. Like go get them. You're in nature. You're in nature. That it's great. So funny. <laughs> Ugh, um, scary place. Scary. And the 
I'm trying to think what's I had a scary moment. Um, George and I uh, did a show and got dinner on Friday night. And then I was like going to meet up with my boyfriend afterwards. And my phone was at 10%. And I like truly since like before the pandemic, I don't think I've been out with like a nearly dying phone. And I forgot <laughs> about the intense feeling that that gives you. And I was like, okay, well, I'll take the subway. And I was like, okay, well, like the subways are all messed up because it's a Friday night. And mm. I was like, well, I'll take an Uber. And I was like, what if my phone dies? while I'm waiting for the subway and I can't take the Uber and the station was like two like it was one of those stations where like the the R and the N are like all the way down the hall from the five and the four and I was like okay I have to choose the five or the four or the N or the R and I was like oh no I only get one shot at oh, this no. <laughs> like, oh. and it was like and I was really just like I'll be there at some point like just go to the bar and I'll be there at some point I love um, you I will see you when I can <laughs> The fact that we uh, haven't figured out charging, like, it's just like, wait, we're sending people to space and we still have to charge our phones in the wall? It's insane. Yeah. You sh your phone should charge when you're in the train. It should just yeah. charge every time it's not being used. It should, like, self... It should be, like... Solar powered or something. Yeah, like, how do we not have on your phone? Wow. Okay. If anybody steals that, give give us money because we, <laughs> we just, just solved it. it. That uh, was so easy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the best we've come up with is like a portable charger, but that also needs to be charged. I did that the other day. I was like running errands, and my phone was really low, and I was like, oh, I'll bring my portable charger. I plugged in, and I was like, well, this isn't charged. This is nothing. And I was like, well, I'm screwed. It's just an additional thing you have to charge. It's just another big heavy yeah. thing. Charger is truly like okay, it's the '90s, and you're and you have a Walkman. Like there's some, it, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's taking a step back. Yeah. The fantasy of the portable charger is it's just that it is. A fantasy it is not real we it's don't have fantasy. it yet you can't count on it <laughs> and, uh, um and also just doing two things in one night is always a mistake you always think you can pull it off and it's you just can't. like you can't you're gonna lose you're gonna lose big time because yeah. you're gonna have to get on a different mood it's impossible i did two things in one weekend and i was like well this is horrible mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, what was i thinking one thing per weekend that's gotta be the rule i need to, yeah. i need to rest i need to force myself to rest no, it's two true. outfits, right. two like, wait, what? <laughs> it's just tough. It's um, too much. Wow. Well, we all made it through big weeks, big weeks all around. Um, we talked a little bit. We'll talk more about this movie. But in general, how do you both feel about scary movies? Are you fans? Are you too scared? Where do you land? Um, I think I have grown to appreciate scary movies as an adult. Um, mm -hmm. I saw the ring when it came out and it literally ruined my life. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough one. <laughs> like, I, it's, well, the, two things ruined my life. First of all, The Sixth Sense I saw on a plane and that really, like, when he's, like, walking in the building and there are, like, people hanging from the I ceiling or whatever. That part, like, scarred me as well. That's the, like, yeah. thing bad, that jumps bad, bad, to bad. mind. Yeah, Oof. it's like that scene, then Misha Barton pulling his leg from under the bed, and then also the mother that's cooking that's dead who has, like, oh. sort of blood on her arm. I, that truly, like, I mean, watching something on a plane, you would think you're surrounded by people, your, like, parents are there, it'll be fine, but I, <laughs> I might as well have been, like, in a dark room by myself. I was like, get yeah. me out of this plane. Um, and so there was that, and then The Ring, I remember I was at a party... And the people that were too scared were watching center stage. And I was like, well, I'm not going to watch center stage. Like, I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> two, well, I'm definitely not gay. So two separate.
separate movies at the same party is funny. It was just so embarrassing because the ring was obviously the main event. But then it's like if you're overly sensitive, you can go to, to like the little TV the family had in the kitchen. Losers go watch Center Stage. Yeah. <laughs> we have a safe space for you. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone here is sensitive, um, we are screening Center Stage. Um, and the ring really got me. I was like, she is Samara is going to come out of every room, every corner. I remember I was like too old to even consider sort of like sleeping in my parents' bed. I was probably like 12 and I legitimately was Mm -hmm. like, I need to sleep in my parents' bed. (laughs) And I think the turning point for me was when the sort of like elevated horror trend started. I remember I saw It Follows in theaters and I loved it. And I was like, okay, like I can get back into horror movies like through this sort of like if I pretend they're like cool indies that are like mm-hmm. a 24, <laughs> mm-hmm. that was like my way back yeah. in. And then since then I've like watched a few older ones that I like. And then I also during the pandemic became a huge scream fan. I'm like obsessed with the scream yeah. franchise, which I had never watched before the pandemic. It's perfect. And so I think that would be, yeah, that I think those are my, my ways in, but it's very recent. Like I'm very uneducated about like the horror classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd say I I generally liked them always. Like, like I never went like I don't know like the the old the classics. I would say, um, but like in like the two thousands, I would like like watch them in high school, and like I, they did mm-hmm. not need to be like bad or good. They did not need to be good at all. Like mm-hmm. any like those B like I remember one movie called like Cry Wolf that was like there's a guy using AOL Instant Messenger to oh like kill people or something, and I was uh-huh. like this movie rules, and like. <laughs> Like I saw like Final Destination yeah. and I was like, t- t- like, whoa, like that was really <laughs> what smart. If it, what if death were after you? Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> like that's a pretty cool idea, really. Um, so I was pretty all in. And also like Final Destination, when I saw it, like maybe like eighth grade or something, I was really like it, like leaving, like I watched it at home, but I was like looking around. And I was like, no, you're right. Anything could kill me. Mm-hmm. And it just like changed everything. <laughs> it's early for that realization. <laughs> <laughs> in a way that was like really kind of uh, spicy. Like I, I was kind of like, okay. Ooh, being like, alive is ch- kind of dangerous. Yeah, it yeah. kind of changed me. <laughs> I was just thinking of Final Destination yesterday because I was at the steam room at the gym and I was the only one in it. And I was like, well, I'm gonna die. <laughs> like someone will lock uh, yeah, the door. Yeah, the door's gonna get locked. I'm gonna just Cook. They're yeah. gonna turn up that heat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean yeah. that would be such a bad thing. That'd be really bad. <laughs> that would be. So uh, yeah, I always kind of. And then uh, the the new era, the A twenty four prestige stuff. I also like. I like it all. Good, bad. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. It's um. I I am in the camp of like. Yeah, I'm, I'm gaining appreciation. I've I have a lot of appreciation for it, and a and a limited but growing ability to actually experience it. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's so many so good ones. And like, yeah, Scream is so fun. Like those fun horror movies. Um, I wouldn't call this movie fun. No. But it is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm so interested. It was your first time seeing. And did you just you picked it just because you thought, well, it's about time. It's about time we check this one out. <laughs> George picked it. George, what's why, why did you pick this one? I don't know. I wanted like... I wanted something that was like a fantasy land sort of to get in touch with my inner child. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, I, I did think that this is one Sam will like, like, I think I feel like it is Sam's vibe and I was right. <laughs> 
And you're 100 percent right. I mean, it's yeah. If we're, I don't know if we, it's jumping the gun already, but as soon as there was that like intro no, monologue about, about like in the time of the dark world, there was the, <laughs> yeah. the birth of the blah, 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 the, like in the sun and the moon and the rivers of blood or whatever. I was you like, were, yeah, this is in. pretty much it. Yeah, I, like yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> I love those types of monologues specifically because I'm always like, every, there, it's a trope. Everyone does it like in a fantasy world, but it's always like, okay, but what specifics are you using? Like, it's uh-huh. almost like a roast chicken where it's like, everyone does it, but like, there's a little twist to everyone. Are you using time? Do you yeah, use yeah. like lemon? What's going on here? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's a very it's true fantasy fantasy is a roast chicken and it's just about <laughs> what spices you're going to put on it. Um yeah. so you've got your like, you know, Star Wars thing your Lord of the Rings Yeah, intro. Is this a long, long time ago? Or is this really far in the future? Is this a yeah. parallel universe? What's going on here? Yeah. Well, it's all I mean, the same well, tools. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax. That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. <laughs> yep, yep, we're starting. We're starting with a roast bird. <laughs> I, uh, I have a little bit of trivia about this movie. Um, it... The budget was 19 million, box office 83.9 million. So, yeah, did did pretty well. So, congrats to the whole team. Congrats, congrats. to the whole team. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely congrats. Um, 
uh, and some okay. So Guillermo del Toro was this like the first film of his that was massive in the United States? I feel like that's a stupid question, but it's I feel like no, I, remember, I was thinking this too. I think it m- might have been right. Like, like there was some. There was this was a breakthrough. I think for him, but now I'm sort of like I'm looking now at his IMDb. It was certainly the first I ever remember hearing of him. Oh my god! You know what? Here. He directed Hellboy. <gasps> oh my god! Oh. Yes, thank you. If we had and not, Hellboy was two years earlier. But that's if sort we had of like, not said that, our listeners would have been so mad. Like, like <laughs> recently we were doing an episode and we were talking about Dave Bautista and we we're like, what man? He's like, where did he come? And we had so many people be like, he was a he's like enormously famous, famous wrestler. wrestler. He's a huge. We were like, Wait, yeah, he's kind <laughs> of like up. He's, he's never like in movies now. I kind of like him. Anyway, we often um, omit huge chunks of information, but Hellboy, <laughs> yes, of course. But I mean, but this is, I think for this being a fully Spanish film. Yeah. Right. I think that's what it was. He was sort of a director for hire because I'm. he also did Blade 2. But I feel oh, like shit. if I were to guess, I don't think those were like passion projects of his. I think it yes, was like. Yes, this would be his first like vehicle. Yeah. Like written, directed, all. Yes. And so, yeah, one of the trivias is that he. Um. He refused a lot of offers from Hollywood producers, uh, even though they like offered him more money if he would make the movie in English. And he said, no, he was like, this is a Spanish language film. I don't want to compromise on the story. So, yeah, I think he did sort of go all in um, to make this movie happen. Um, And apparently he gave up his entire salary, including back end points. So in order to make this film happen, wait, which wait, is wait, like wait. that doesn't make Ev- any like sense. everything he did it for free. Did he make zero dollars? <laughs> I don't understand that at all. I feel like, I feel like the heard... Directors Guild might be mad at him for that. Yeah, it feels like it's actually we shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yeah. That. Hmm. But you know, it's on the IMDb trivia, and I won't be looking into it. <laughs> the user submitted yeah, I, IMDb I, trivia. We trust to take that as fact. <laughs> no never, questions I, asked. I take back my congrats to the whole team. I guess congrats to everybody except, except Guillermo. Guillermo. Yeah. <laughs> apologies to Guillermo. For, yeah. Apologies to Guillermo. For your uh, should have made money. <laughs> yeah, should have made money for your work. Um, <laughs> so he is Guillermo is famous for compiling books full of notes and drawings about his ideas before turning them into films, um, which is uh, essential to his process. And apparently he left years worth of notes for this film in the back of a cab. Uh, But the cab driver found them, tracked him down and returned them to him. Um, and so that he was able to make the movie. What if the cab driver just, l- wow. just made the movie Had himself? Made the movie. He's <laughs> just like, oh, wow, wow, here we go, baby. This is it. My big oh break. Oh my god! I'm gonna make so. My, I'm gonna make zero dollars uh, off this movie. If only the cab driver that uh, Lana Del Rey left her laptop in would sort of step up and and do the same. <laughs> Yeah, this is a call to that cab driver. Is this a known thing? Yeah, I, she like. No, I, I, don't know this one. I didn't know it. She, oh, you know what? It, might, it wasn't a cab. She has left her laptop in two different cars that have gotten burgled, and allegedly those two laptops had like full albums in them. <laughs> oh man, Lana, back, back it, it up. up, back it up. Get an external hard drive. Fool me once. I mean, come on. Yeah, that should not be happening twice. It's a good, you never should leave your laptop in your car. No. That's like a a thing. Also, like, I don't know. I'm a little bit like, it's a convenient excuse. Oh, yeah, I had a whole album. (laughs) I was all ready to go. That's really smart, actually. I wish I could release it, um, but I just can't. I'm going to have to start over. 
It's going to take a lot more time. It's going to take me more time. And that sucks because I was working hard. I wasn't wasting any time. Um, pretty convenient. Pretty convenient, Lana. I guess we'll have to see. Uh-huh. Um, after the first week of this film's release, movie theaters in Mexico had to place signs on posters warning about the movie's graphic violence because so many people brought small children to see it. Because mm. it does seem like it'll be. That. Yeah, it's violent. When the first kill happened and he truly like started stabbing someone in the face repeatedly, I was like, I don't like this. Yeah, this ain't for kids. Oh, yeah. This is not for kids. But to be fair, why did they think it was for kids? Uh, Because there's a kid in it. It it looks like when you look at the poster for it, it looks like a fairy tale. Yeah. I don't know. Sort of Princess Bride (laughs) situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a universe where this is a. This could have worked for children, but it's it's you're not right, this universe, right. and it's not this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was rated R. Yeah, for I think gra- graphic violence. So <laughs> Probably check yeah. the ratings, guys. Check the ratings. Um, Doug Jones, and the rest of my trivia is basically Doug Jones trivia. We love Doug Jones. Um, and he had to. I had wondered this, so he was the only American on set, the only one who didn't speak Spanish, and Guillermo del Toro was the only bilingual person on set. So mm. you know, ev- it was shot in Spain. Every all everyone is is Spanish, and um, yeah. So Doug Jones was the only American, um, and so he had to memorize not only his own lines in Spanish, a language that he does not speak, but uh, Ophelia, the act, the character that he's opposite, her lines, so that he knew when to speak his next line. Um, and the, the thing that he had to wear on his head for the fawn was so bad at like, it blocked so much sound that he often couldn't hear like anything going on around him. Um, but eventually they did have, they hired a, a theatrical Spanish actor to do the voice for the final film. So it's not his voice, but he did still have to, he still did speak the lines in Spanish, which I was wondering as I watched this, like how that would have been happening because he's obviously doing the acting but did he play both the fawn and the guy with the, the pale eyes? Man. He, did. he did he did yeah. he okay, did wow. Ugh, we love doug jones man he's he's so and he great played yeah. the fish guy in shape of water too right they mm-hmm. must have they, yes. i feel he's, like they collaborate wow. a lot what a talent yeah he, yeah what talent he is yeah he's he's done was he mama no that's javier botet no that's javier botet Uh-oh. who also works with guillermo a lot oh, yeah um Anyway, do you think him and the guy who play um, Gollum have beef? Andy Serkis. <laughs> I <laughs> oh, love yeah. that. Do you think they're always up for the same roles? <laughs> like this fucking guy again. <laughs> do you, they, they play. I feel like they each have their own creature niche. You know, it's like yeah. Not that they couldn't each do. I think Doug Jones would be a great Gollum, but it's <laughs> different. It's, this is sort of different interpretation. I'm sure he read for it. I'm sure he, <laughs> I'm read, sure for he read for it. <laughs> oh God! Imagine that callback room. Oh man, <laughs> I know, it's so just annoying. So annoying. <laughs> Doug Jones is sort of like subtle. He's almost doing like subtle. There's something more British. I don't even know if he, he, I guess he's not British. He's American. I guess he's American. <laughs> so never mind. And Andy Serkis is but British. <laughs> okay, great. So it's actually the opposite of, okay, well then, then I take it, but I feel like Andy Serkis is really like going for it and doing like a, a, he is being like cartoonish. Whereas I think Doug Jones has a lot of restraint, even when he's playing these characters like in this movie he it's not over the top he like knows that they're inherently scary so he is sort of like doing just enough to bring that to life yeah Yeah, i feel like doug jones sort of lets the 
body do the yeah. acting. Like his characters are very like it. I mean, and again, I, I, I love Andy Circus. No, no hate on Andy Circus, but he's like really letting his movement be. It's almost like dance like, I feel like, the totally. way that Doug mm-hmm. Jones is creatures. Um, the way that Doug Jones is creatures. <laughs> is creatures yeah. I just said. Remember how we said moments of the podcast taken out of context could make you seem so stupid? Um, <laughs> It took Doug Jones five hours to get into the pale man costume. Um, And once he was in it, he had to look out the nose holes to see where he was going. Mm. Um, Ooh, that that costume is really gross. Yeah. And for the fawn, his fawn horns weighed 10 pounds. And they were so heavy that they had to be applied last. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine walking around with 10 pounds on the top of your head? I hope he got That's some crazy. massages and chiropractic adjustments during. <laughs> Truly, <it>. he probably <laughs> has that built in to his life. Regular chiropractic. I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. You have to hope. I mean, you his body is just because also that, right. he's like a. I feel like he's like a, a tall, skinny guy, and so also you know being that top heavy would really. It's not like he's got a real thick neck, you know? (laughs) You're right. Not like a Dave Bautista, so to speak. He could probably handle 10 pounds on the top of his head, no problem. Neck like that? (laughs) A neck like that? Um, He could hold up anything. 20 pounds, who cares? (laughs) Keep throwing it on. Let's see what we can do. Uh, That is all the trivia I have. There was quite a bit of trivia on IMDb. Again, this is a a massive film. Um, Was nominated for Academy Awards and, and all of that. Um, but I couldn't, I simply couldn't write it all down. (laughs) I thought one of the things that was sort of interesting that I saw was that, so obviously the Spanish title is like the Fonz Labyrinth, essentially, Mm -hmm. and they translated into Pan's Labyrinth and then Guillermo del Toro was like, just to be clear, he's not Pan. Like he's not the Greek god Pan. Right. So then you're like, how did you let it be translated like that? Like, so it's literally not Pan. (laughs) It's not. And it. It's not. It's yeah, just that a is fawn. interesting. It's just a fun. Yeah, he's it, yeah. he's has he has his own world. He has he's not right. You know. Yeah, that is interesting. I did read that um, that Guillermo del Toro did all the subtitling for the movie himself because he did not trust okay. uh, having anybody else do. But I guess not the title. <laughs> um, fair enough. Um, should we just get into it? Sure. Let's do it. I'll give a teensy little nugget of um, the cultural backdrop uh, because mm. I do feel that that is important. Um, I, I am so, 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 so far from an expert. I did definitely know this at one point in my life. Embarrassingly, I have a bachelor's degree in Spanish and <laughs> I have lost almost all of it. But uh, briefly, uh, this movie takes place uh, just after the Spanish Civil War. And so the Spanish Civil War was in the late 30s and it was basically pretty standard uh for the europe at the time fascists versus socialists and um the fascists won and so this is uh after that war where the the fascists are in control general franco who is in control of spain until um, 1975 and so the war has been won, but there are still like rebel factions who are, you know, anti-fascist. And so that is the is the landscape that this mm-hmm. takes place in, um, which I just feel like is scary, scary landscape. Very scary. <laughs> um, very, very, very bad people. Yep. It's also like it's like in the towards the end of World War Two. So it's like yeah. you know the Franco regime is aligned with the Nazis, but the allies are gaining 
power. And so it's like the last breath of that sort of Surpri- Although, I mean, if you say Franco was in power until 75, yeah, I actually did not know Spain. that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, it lasted in Spain. Okay, it lasted in Spain. But like in this micro period, it's sort of like there is a sliver of hope. And sure enough, like the Allies would win the war a year later. But yeah. it, but but I think Spain like, held on, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, Spain held on. Oh, man. Yeah, Spain had a, had a fascist dictator until 1975, which really is crazy. It's like that's so long <laughs> yeah. the, like global landscape of like okay great yeah we wa- world war ii um and then it was like no no no, we're still gonna we're gonna keep that going here i had um, no idea i mean I, i'm like it's, it's i was wild. like oh europe was all pretty much on the same page except for germany you know what i mean like i was yeah. like <laughs> no not like, so oh, not so huh. not so not so again i am like horrified that i don't remember more information about it but um i don't so <laughs> that's what i've got so that's just a little little nugget of like where we're at in spain Great. when this movie takes place um would you like to sam i feel like you should lead us into this like storytelling <laughs> in a world how we begin so we open on scenes of the underworld <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> palace uh you know description of the the moon uh, and the sun and the rocks and a long long time ago and there was mm-hmm. a princess um who dreamed of being in the real world and um yeah. eventually she died and we see her rotted corpse in the <laughs> underworld and but her father the king knew that one day her soul would be reborn somewhere in some mm. dimension in some time period and he will be waiting and he will find her and bring her back or something along those lines and then cut to war-torn Spain. <laughs> Should I jump in for war-torn Spain? <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> okay, so cut to war-torn Spain. <laughs> um, Oph- Ophelia is, what age would you say, nine? We're terrible at this. I, I believe it says, it says that she's ten. In the trivia I looked at. So 10 year old girl, um, her uh, father, who was a tailor who made the uh, looks (laughs) that (laughs) that um, these fascist uh, generals wore has died. And her mother has agreed to marry and is pregnant with the child of this evil fascist general who like is bloodthirsty loves killing people even when they have not done anything wrong um so they are in the process of moving to live with him so that her mother can bear his child she wants him she wants her to call him father she refuses ophelia just like does not trust him from the beginning we get there um there is also like a sort of Downton Abbey community of various <laughs> servants and doctors and and other people who do various things around the house, we slowly realize that a good chunk of them are in fact secretly helping the rebels, mm. um, one of whom is the brother of the nurse named Mercedes, who is becomes a sort of aunt or mother figure to Ophelia. Ophelia, In time, really, Ophelia really got on board with Mercedes really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which I, the, I mean, yeah. It, the, the reveal that Mercedes was actually helping uh, the rebels, it took a while to get there because I didn't at first I wasn't sure about it. Yeah, we so we like we come to the house and it's very clear that like it's in the country and I think that the the gen the El Capitan is is what he's uh, is, I think is the only description um or name in the movie uh, he I think they've all just like moved there because there are rebels in the woods and so they've like moved from the city to this countryside and so I think yeah everybody who like works in that home 
for them are locals. And so I think that, yeah, there's like, I think generally more of an association with the rebels than with these fascists. But of course, you know, they're the ones they're the ones in charge. Um, and yeah, a little like we get some character descriptions of Ophelia that she like she loves fairy tales. Her mom's like, you're too old to still be reading fairy tales. Is 10 um, too old? But that seems wrong to me. I don't. Well, I mean, they've been through a lot, so maybe she just wants her to grow up. She's sort of like, grow up, mama. Yeah, (laughs) honey, (laughs) you've got to grow up. Yeah, and she tells her, like, I want you to call uh, a capitan. I want you to call him uh, padre. And she's like, it's just a word. It doesn't matter. And Ophelia, honestly, I mean, I know that she's only 10, but I mean, like, Ophelia, fucking, like, get on board. Like, you need to understand the stakes of this. Like, you're being unreasonable. I was going to team mom on this one. I was like, just say father. Like, lie. It's okay. Like, understand the stakes here. But she... You know, she doesn't. Um, and she does. She keeps seeing this um, flying, honestly, nasty bug <laughs> that yeah. she thinks is a fairy and she like follows it. She keeps seeing it on the drive and she sees it again when they arrive to the captain's house and like it flies into the woods. She follows it where there is this like old decaying stone labyrinth we learn and that's where yeah Mercedes comes and finds her and is like this is you know just these are old rocks they've been here for a really long time it's a labyrinth like don't go in because you might get lost but um, uh, Ophelia is immediately very curious about it and also really believes that this again big nasty bug is a fairy and, um, and it looks like, kind of like that's a like the one praying little mantis right like a f- like it a does yeah, yeah but mantis. Yeah. I mean, it's really fly? nasty because of like the <laughs> sounds it makes mm. it's also like really large it's, it's really like, large and it's like <laughs> like that's the sound it makes when it flies around you know very like clicky yeah and I, don't, I don't love that but when she instantly assumed it was a fairy I was like is this like a translation issue like I was like what <laughs> girl would think like this bug is a fairy <laughs> yeah but um I also was like okay sometimes sure. I like when they're just like let's just cut to this is a fairy yeah now. it's crazy that she was right it's like we're like no it's not sweetie and then the bug just turns into a fairy I was like is this your first time in the woods that's a bug <laughs> that's a bug it's gross keep away um, but yeah, so they get when they get into the captain's house, the captain is immediately like he makes Carmen. Carmen's the mother. He makes her like sit in a wheelchair. He's like, don't exert yourself is like very controlling over, over what she can do. And he has I, the doctor. In the trailer, it says she needs uninterrupted rest. And I was like, that's what I need. That's what I need. I would love some. I would love a fascist captain just forcing me to rest. <laughs> this is, not, this is uh, it. She's living a dream life. Oh, lucky duck. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he has he sends the doctor to come. Um take a look at her and he like kind of puts her on bed rest a bit. Um, and he tells the captain that he's like, this is, she shouldn't have traveled this far this late in her pregnancy. And he's like, a son needs to be born where his father is. Um, and the doctor we see after he leaves Carmen's room, we see him have a little moment with Mercedes where he, they sort of like, you know, furtively, or having a little conversation, he gives her uh, some medicine. Um, so we that's when we learn that, like, they're both working with the rebels in secret. And she's she tells the doctor, like, he, he some, you know, presumably a, a rebel soldier, is, uh, needs to be looked at. His leg needs to be looked at. The doctor's like, well, here's some antibiotics. Like, you know, we'll do what we can, I guess. Um, so now we know where they stand. And that first night, this is where we get that terrible, terrible kill. We see the captain gets called outside by his soldiers um, because they caught two men in the woods um, who they believe to be rebels. Right. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. And then the men were like, no, we were just hunting rabbits. And then he kills them regardless. And then they find rabbits in their like backpack oh. that they had with them. Yeah. And they kill him. Like he, oh, it's a father and son. Yeah. And, and the captain like pulls out a bottle from somewhere and just beats the son to death over the head over and over oh and over. God. And yeah, like stabs him with it. It's so brutal. The way his face like crumpled inward was really like specific and like upsetting jarring like <laughs> it was very upsetting in a way where i was like wow I, like i've never thought of like guillermo del toro as like a a gore guy right. and i was like this is yeah. fucking nasty like this is like saw movie vibes or something <laughs> yeah it's not na- it's nasty um and so yeah we're, that's we're getting a pretty quick idea of like okay this is just how fucking awful this guy is like not he won't just kill people he'll kill them like that and also he didn't need to he like they immediately yeah, find the rabbits and they're like oh well all right oh well <laughs> guess they were just regular guys i don't fucking care i liked when so then they found the rabbits and he was like you know like search these men better before you come and find me and that was kind of like oh because he's like saying like i'm a psychopath like <laughs> if you don't want yeah. me to kill them you better search them better because i'm going to kill them <laughs> yeah like you wasted my time i didn't want to take it time out of my night to fucking beat a man's face in, but you call me. It's what I have to do. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So pretty upsetting off the bat. Is that the yeah. same? And so then that's the night that the, the bug flies into her room. Mm-hmm. She's sleeping with her yeah. mother and the bug flies in and is like, and she's like, are you a fairy? And then the bugs like, and she shows the picture of the fairy in her book. And then the bug like, warps itself to then look like the fairy and it's like mm-hmm. ooh okay she, the girl's not crazy um, <laughs> and then the fairy calls her into the labyrinth I guess mm-hmm. which uh, I, I always thought a labyrinth was like a maze <laughs> it, yeah. it, I'm, I'm a little confused as to this was but, like pan's okay. well. we need like <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there was a bit of a Chekhov's, Chekhov's labyrinth situation happening where like the labyrinth was introduced and then there was never even a scene where someone like got lost in the labyrinth, which you would expect is like the bare minimum if you're going to introduce yeah. a labyrinth. Yeah. yeah, I think if it's in the title of the movie, I'm expecting the labyrinth to be kind of heavily it's mentioned part many of the times. <laughs> yeah. And also like the fact that so the labyrinth that is clearly sinister looking and obviously built by someone exists and all of them who live there are like, oh, yeah, that's just rocks. (laughs) Don't go in there. You might get lost. (laughs) It's like it's a well. It's one hole. It's a big (laughs) well with like a wall around it. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. We're going to call it a labyrinth. (laughs) So she goes to the lair and meets the fawn. So the fawn is this sort of like. Well, fawn-like figure. <laughs> well, the fawn... There's no air around. Who, he, who looks like Pan, but he's not Pan. Not Pan. It's not Pan. <laughs> yeah. He's basically like, congratulations, you're a princess, and I have three challenges for you this week on RuPaul's Drag Race, <laughs> and they are as follows. <laughs> um, and the first one is you have to go feed the big frog three stones, and then he's going to... And then go into his stomach and find a key. Yeah. And so then she does that. She, ki- I did think the way the frog barfed up all of its innards oh, it was, was sort disgusting. of... It was absolutely disgusting. But I was like, ooh, I've never seen anything like this. Like, there was something where I'm like, well, how imaginative. How big a frog, how big a frog are we talking? 
Oh, the frog is gigantic. <laughs> like, frog. I would say, like, the size of a love seat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe a yeah. big armchair. A big yeah. armchair. One big yeah. armchair uh, sized toe. Big, big armchair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but basically, it just, like, the frog just, like, sneezes and its entire body, other oh than its God. skin, goes out of it. Yeah, and, and then the it, body, like, deflates. Like, deflates, Yeah. I kind of love that. I was like, hmm, genius. And the key is just right there on the surface, too. She's like, oh, I'll take it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Done. <laughs> Easy. Next. But that night, there's like a, a dinner, a fancy dinner that the captain's hosting. And so her mother gives her this new beautiful dress to wear. This just really sticks out to me because it just made me so sad. Um, to wear to this dinner. And so she is wearing that dress when she goes in to fucking get this toad. Of course, the dress gets completely destroyed. She gets covered in mud and like to- toad, toad insides. Once again, I would like to blame her for that specifically. I do think she could have changed. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, she could have changed. It's it's crazy. Her mom makes a big to do about this dress and her beautiful new shoes, and they're immediately covered in mud and nasty. Um. But I think while that's happening, while she's like going to find the toad and do her little toad task, uh, the captain and his soldiers discover they see like smoke, a, a smoke plume in the distance in the woods. So they go into the woods to try to get the rebels like, oh, my God, it's them. They get there, but the rebels have hidden, but they find their camp. And among their things, they find the medicine. They find this little vial of antibiotics. Um so we know that whoever needed those didn't get them because um, he takes those and Captain t- keeps them with him. Um, yeah. Um, and we also find out somewhere around this time, the captain has decided that all of the rations for the whole town will be kept in his house. He has like a storage room for them. And he's only giving one ration card per family because he's like, I don't want anybody to have extra that they can give to the rebels. They all have to come here to get it. That's why he needs to like see everybody's face. Um, and he asks Mercedes, she's kind of like that housekeeper catch-all, like head of household. And he asks her, he asks her for the key to the storage room. And he says, this is the only key. And she says, yes. And she's like, okay, I'm going to keep it with me. And so he has the key to the storage room where like, yeah, medicine, tobacco, food, everything is kept. In the meantime, the mom is getting sicker. Yeah. Her pregnancy is not good like very violently so like bleeding constantly like oh, very no. bad yeah the next day she um she feel this is a creepy moment i feel like checks her but so the book that that the fawn gave her is blank and it like fill the pages like fill as she opens the book with like the new very um tom riddle's diary style exactly. you know like yeah. here's here's the message <laughs> i'm giving you um and so she opens a book and says what what's what do i do next and the book just like fills with blood and then she hears her mom's yelling for her in the other room and she opens the door and her mom is just bleeding. It's Oof. really freaky. Um, so she, you know, the mom survives, but is clearly not doing well. And we see the doctor talking to the captain and the captain tells the doctor, if you can only save one, save my son. Like, don't save her. I, I don't Little, uh <laughs> House of the Dragon asked yeah. anybody to watch that. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, 
Yeah. And so then Ophelia kind of like falls off her tasks at this point. Yeah, and she's, is distracted. Like, she's distracted. She's <laughs> distracted. She, let's go for studies. The last time she opened the book, a bunch of blood came out and then her mom, you know, collapsed. So she's not eager to open that book again. Yeah. Yeah. If she would, if it was 2023, she would maybe take a mental health leave from university. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. But unfortunately, that's not an option in war-torn no. Spain. In war-torn <laughs> Spain, so she must keep on. <laughs> Yeah. So then she has her big fuck up. The big fuck up. The big fuck up. Yeah. We so have to talk about it. She like, flops she, completely. She absolutely. She absolutely. This is another time where I'm like, look, again, I get that you're 10, but the rules couldn't have been clear. So I know. Just like literally don't eat the food. Don't eat the food. So, yeah, that night the fawn comes to her again. And I will say quickly, he does. She is. He's like, you haven't been doing your tasks. And yeah. she's like, like, well, my mom is, important. is you're a princess. dying. And he goes, yeah. OK, fine. Um. <laughs> Put this little mandrake root again. Sorry, Harry Potter. Anybody? Um, put it. It looks like a big ginger, uh, raw but ginger, shaped like a baby. But shaped kind of like a baby. And he's like, put it in a bowl of milk under her bed, and it will help. The, the mandrake is like a root that wishes it was a human, but it so it'll help the human. But whatever. So she's like, okay, great. And she's like, okay, great. Now that that's settled, I have another task for you. <laughs> you have one more shot at the crown. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and that shot is you have to go use your newfound key, uh, in this space. You have to take this chalk and use this key and get a knife, get a uh, knife. Yeah. You have to go into the space that is, uh, guarded by the, what is his name? The pale man, man? sleeping man. <laughs> Some, yeah, something like that. I don't remember what pale, his name is. The pale sleeping man. <laughs> pale sleeping man. And you have to go in there and you have to... The one rule is you can't eat any food. He's going to have a huge banquet hall full of food, but you can't eat any of it. And you just have to use the key, get the knife and get out of there before the hourglass runs out of sand. Yeah. So a lot she of steps goes, to this one. A lot of steps, For a relatively actually. straightforward, like go to the room, unlock the door, get the, but it's like make your own door out of chalk, then <sighs> use the hourglass, then don't touch anything on the table. Mm-hmm. Also the the pale sleeping man is described as he's like your life depends on it. Don't eat anything on the table. Uh, all, there's all these paintings on the wall of his lair that are of him like eating people. He's very scary. Children, yeah. Children. There's no so reason clear. to. The stakes are so clear. There's so high. There's a pile high. of kids' shoes. Oh God. Of the oh, kids there's a pile was. of children's shoes that yeah. he is yeah eating the children. But what if um, she's hungry? Fawn gives her. Yeah. <laughs> what if it looks Fawn really gives her Three fairies. To, he's like, follow the fairies. They will um tell you yeah where the the knife is and then yeah just mm-hmm. make sure you get in and get out and by the way the fairies also did not do a great job because they pointed to the wrong keyhole and she was like no sweetie it's the other one <laughs> yeah. and so then she opens it gets the knife and then you know obviously the the pale man has the eyes on his hands he's scary he, his skin is sagging whatever he realizes she's there he chases her out she just narrowly she misses the the sand on the hourglass but then she paints another door with the chalk and just narrowly misses him my question here is so she did do obviously it was a little more clunky than we wanted but she did ultimately <laughs> do what she was meant to do is that correct she did or what she was meant to do but at what cost like uh, right. to lose the life of two she, fairies she, who got that's eaten. Right, of course of course the fairies got eaten <laughs> who got gruesomely their heads oh, eaten yeah. off cuz yeah. she ate something so off she, the table she goes down there with with three she, yeah. fairies two grapes. two grapes not even worth it the, she's got she's accomplished a task she's gotten the knife she's on her fucking way out the door and she turns sees a grape 
and goes like, mm, I would like yeah, to eat that that's grape, on her. Though. That's on and her. And the fairies fly in front of her face and go, like, it's like very like Tinkerbell style. Like, and she goes like, swats it away excuse me very rude these are fucking fa- you're so excited for a fairy that you literally t- thought a bug was one and now you have fairies and you're disregarding them <laughs> yeah fairy tells her don't eat the grape she takes the grape eats it and the fairy is really upset and we see behind her the sleeping man like like sort of like and he like taps his little nasty oh, fingers the on the fingers table. Fingers were so dramatic. Right in front of him on a plate are his two eyeballs that one by one he picks up and puts into eye sockets in the center of his palms. <laughs> And we see him doing this while she goes for a second fucking grape. <laughs> Get out of there. And so then, yes, the, the nasty sleeping man gets up. He has his little nasty eyeballs on his hands. And he, the fairies, to protect Ophelia, start trying to distract him. And he grabs two of them and bites them in half. And so, yes, Ophelia manages to make it out. Uh, but... She killed two fairies, for, two fairies for two grapes, which, you know what? <laughs> Big mistake. Not worth it. Yeah. Also, I, I mean, she's, if, I, I feel like she had been pretty smart the whole time. I was kind of like, okay, this is like honestly hard to believe. She's being insane right now. <laughs> well, wasn't she being like hypnotized? Like there was a sort of, it wasn't explained, there but I figured there's a, like some... the lair has a sort of magical quality where the food was, the food was also like glowing a little bit and like sparkly. There, I'm, yeah, I think you're right. There's got to be a, a pull to there's it beyond just yeah. like, well, I could use a grape. Yeah, right. she was like she was like dead eyed, like looking at the grapes. Like the, I need the grapes. <laughs> we'll give her that. Yeah. Let's give her that. Yeah. Okay. She was hypnotized by the grapes. <laughs> <laughs> that night, I I think it's also that night when we cut to like what's happening in the with in the real world. We see that um, Mercedes and the Doctor go to visit the rebels. Yes, and they right. go to the rebel camp in the middle of the night, and we see that one of the rebels is Mercedes' brother. Um, and so that's why she feels, you know, so inclined to help them. Ooh, we see the doctor take a look at that guy's leg. And that leg is not a leg. It's black and nasty and bad. And we yeah. see the doctor. The guy says, is there anything that can be done? And he says, there's no saving it. And so he pulls out. Oh, amputation is. A big old saw. his least favorite thing. A- my is my least favorite thing, especially dirty in the woods <laughs> in the night. You know, it's really he like gives him he like takes a fucking shot of alcohol. The and like, swig that ain't of gonna, liquor is like it's not gonna work. Like, that isn't gonna that bad for it. like bleeding? I feel like isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, fucking, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be cares? bad regardless. <laughs> you do. Um, yeah. So fortunately, we don't really see it. But the, the doctor takes out that that nasty saw and he tells the guy, he goes, I'll do as few cuts as possible. Uh, awful, awful, awful. Yeah. And the guy, he, he says, like, are you ready? And the guy says, wait. And he like, he has like, he takes like a moment to say goodbye to his leg, which made me it's, really yeah, sad. Emotional. He like makes him wait and he like looks at his leg and then he goes like, OK, oh. <laughs> devastating. And thankfully we cut away. We don't see it, but we know. I well, mean, we that know. that cut though is also pretty gruesome because it's like he does one slash and it like he goes in the and then it's like okay, great. I was not looking. <laughs> <laughs> it was very intense and I was like, I like jumped at that point. Even though like you knew yeah. it was coming, but it was like, ugh. And then it was well, over I sort of thought they weren't going to show it. I really Big thought they were going to cut I mean, away, but they really, they showed the first song. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I did. I fully did not look. I'm not, I'm not looking at that. Come on now. Um, 
Yeah, so that that happens. That's bad. Oh, and we see um, Mercedes gives her brother a key. We knew it. Another key to that storeroom. There was more than one. Um, and so she gives the key to the rebels. Um, and then we see that Ophelia does put that mandrake in the milk under her mom's bed. And her mom is like immediately getting better. Her fever's breaking. She's feeling better. The doctor's like, wow, I don't. I don't know how that's happening. We see that he has there's like a little tincture that he's been giving her to like basically knock her out. Um, And he's like, wow, I guess you don't need to take this. Like, I don't know why you're better, but it's it's working. And so, you know, that's that's great news. (laughs) Yeah. And so then is that when like then the fawn comes that night and is like, okay, did you do your task? The like. Um, for bef- it is that night, but during the day that day, we have um, the rebels blow up a train uh, to distract. So the rebels blow up a train. So all the soldiers like go there and are like, OK, great. They were stealing things from the train. Then they realize, oh, they didn't steal anything from the train. They're stealing from us. Classic war <laughs> tactic. Um, and they go back and they the rebels have like blown up some stuff. And taken things from the storage shop at the captain. And this is where this I think was so stupid. I know I'm not a soldier. I'm no I'm no genius military <laughs> mind. But they have taken rations from the storeroom and and oh, like the lock is clearly open and unlocked. And so it's very obvious somebody they didn't like blow up the door. They had a key and somebody went in and unlocked it and was like anyway here's how i got in here's some evidence for you Mm -hmm. i had the key to this room feels like a huge mistake but so they notice that things have been stolen uh they you know full shots are being fired from the rebels in the woods they're shooting back and forth and they do manage to take one of the rebels prisoner and this is a man we saw earlier um we learned that he has a stutter and that he's the one they managed to take prisoner. And so they tie him up in the shed. Um, and ugh, the captain is so mean. Mm. The captain <laughs> is. Yeah. The, they, ugh, the captain gets part. into his like whole kill ritual thing. Uh, <laughs> Pulling out various bad oh, no. tools. Like with the hammer, we'll get to know each other pretty well. And then with the pliers, oh, we'll be like brothers. And then once the scissors come out, well, like I'll feel closer to you than anyone on this planet or whatever. And it was just like, oh, God. Like he enjoys it, you know, one of those. And he says to him, he's like, oh, all the all the informants we could have tried to get. We have this fucking stutterer. And so he goes up to him and he goes, I'll let you go. I won't do anything to you if you can count to three without stuttering, which is like, I wish he hadn't even tried because of course he's not letting you go. Don't let this man debase you this way. But he tries. He gets one. Great. Two. Great. Can't get three out without stuttering. And and the captain just looks at him and goes, shame. And then hammers him. Hammers him. It really, I mean, I I know this is the point, obviously, but it is, I mean, it is just such a smart thing to do to have the biggest villain of all be like an actual human and not one of the many magical it's always creatures the scariest that thing. we yeah. like it's like this guy is just like fully has no empathy is drunk on power like it lives to humiliate and murder everyone around him um thinks of his wife as like a vessel for their child and does not care if she lives or dies like it is 
Um, and unfortunately, he's kind of hot. So that also adds a, another yeah, layer. Yeah, hot. he is hot. No, it unfortunately. Kind of, like when he's like unbuttoning his shirt and like picking up the weapons, it was like, damn. A hot dad. We call that a hot dad here on the pod. He, uh, We would call him a hot I'm dad. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I hate to report it. Um, but that yeah. is, we would have to. We would be obligated. <laughs> yeah. It's journalistic integrity. <laughs> yeah, it's, look, we don't have to like it, but we do have to report it. <laughs> and so um, but yes, that night, the fawn comes. Then the fawn comes. And the, he's like, oh, my God. Awesome job. You did it. And she's like, there was a problem, though. And he's yeah, like, the way what? she brought this up was very like something happened. <laughs> like, no, no, you fucked up. There was a problem. Yeah. Let's take ownership. Let's take some accountability. You're 10 and you're in a war. Um, <laughs> Well, up. also the fairy told on her. Well, the fairy told on her the only... The fairy did tell on her. Yeah, but it was But I mean, fault. obviously, two fairies are yeah. gone. No, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so she opens the case and only one fairy flies out. And he's like, what? And then the other... That remaining fairy whispers into the ear and then... I right. would, if I were that fairy, be like, this bitch ate two grapes. <laughs> oh, Why yeah. she died? Ophelia should have let the third fairy die, too, and kept the secret. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> that would have been smart. That no been survivors. Smart. Um, and then the fawn's like, you fucked up. You'll never be princess. I will exist only in your memories, which even those will soon fade by. Um, and she's upset. And then the next day, and then it cuts to the next day. Well, in the meantime, I feel like the hostage is like a big part of it because that is what sort of he, well, two things happen. He, because he's tortured so much. And as we know, torture works and is a very good tool at times of war. Um, yeah, that America works. should use you more, can count on less. the information you get. <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. anyone says, says and while they're being tortured is the truth. People absolutely tell you the truth while they're being beaten senseless. Yeah. They yeah. want to, they want to help. <laughs> and that's the main uh. message of this film. So he, so he does spill <laughs> the beans that there is an informant in the captain's in house. Their midst. And then in the yeah. meantime, but I don't yeah. think he says who he doesn't say he doesn't who. Say he does, who. So the doctor gets called the captain is fucking he doesn't say who, but the captain calls the doctor in to like tend to the prisoner's wounds, basically so he can keep Ugh. torturing him. Yikes. And we see he's, I mean, his face is all bloodied, but ooh, the worst part, the worst part, the worst part. His, ooh, his hand, I have to, I have to say it. You have his, to say it. His hand is all, we see it's all like crumpled up and bloody and the doctor takes it to look at it and it's been sliced <sighs> like down through uh, the middle. Hot dog so it's style. been like crushed and sliced and absolutely hot dog styled and <laughs> oh, it's awful. Um, and so the doctor is going to like tend to his dad's like fix him up. I mean, meanwhile, the captain, uh, Oh, sorry. So you guys fix him up. And the doctor just looks at him and the guy just says like, kill me, please kill me. Which like, yeah, kill him. He's going to just keep getting tortured. Um, and he does whisper to the doctor. Like I told them a little, I, I, I said, there's an informant, but I didn't say who. And the doctor gives him an injection to kill him. Um, and, while he's doing that, the captain looks in the doctor's medical bag and sees a vial of antibiotics that looks just like the vial of antibiotics that they took from the rebel camp. And so he has a little light bulb. And so he goes to go into his room to find that vial and like compare. Um, so he leaves while the doctor basically, you know, kills this mercy kills this prisoner. Mm-hmm. Um 
And yeah, then the captain comes back and is like, you disobeyed me when you killed him. I told you to make him better so I could keep torturing him. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd be pretty yeah. scared to to do that because I feel like you're going to pay the <laughs> yeah. price for that. Yeah. I think it was the doctor was sort of like he was sort At of this like, point, I'm going to die. Ready. It was yeah. like mask yeah. off. Like I'm it's like obviously, I won't per- like allow yeah. somebody okay. else to suffer. My days yeah. are numbered. So basically, as the doctor walks away, he is murdered by the captain. <laughs> that yeah, makes sense. Well, he gives a dramatic. He gives a dramatic, like, um, how do you disobey me? Like, you're supposed to obey me. And he's like, no, you obey people. Like, mm. I obey, I question people. He says, someone who obeys just for the sake of obeying, I can't do that. Only men like you can do that. Yeah. yeah. And then he walks away proudly while he gets shot in the back. And then he gets shot. But I was, so I was like, hey, man, we've seen what else this guy does. Not, getting shot not in the so back, bad not in so comparison. Bad. That's very kind, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The timing is bad because yes. it, when he had gone back up to his room to check the vial, which he is like, oh, OK, yeah, the do- it is the doctor. He goes into Carmen's room and he sees Ophelia with the mandrake root under the bed. And he like pulls around. And he's like, what is this? Then is like really upset about it. And um, Carmen's like, let me deal with it. Let me deal with it. So he leaves and Carmen tells Ophelia, like, you have to stop believing in magic. Magic isn't real. Fairy tales aren't real. And she throws the mandrake root into the fire where it starts to scream and like shrivel mm-hmm. up and like. Um, and immediately Carmen collapses and like something is happening with the baby. And so then we see the captain goes, he kills the doctor and right away. They need a doctor because mm-hmm. something's happening with Carmen. So he like has them call the troop paramedic. Um, and pretty immediately we yeah, she goes into labor, we see a lot of blood, the baby is born, but of course she dies. Cut to funeral. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then um, is this when does the fawn come back here? I'm like, when does the fawn give her her last challenge? Oh, just about. So what happens is um, the so we have the funeral. Um, we see Ophelia goes into her mom's room um, and we see her stash. She like finds the tincture that her mom had been taking mm. to like get knocked out. We see uh, Ophelia yes, yes, take yes. that um, like not not take it, but like take the bottle with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. The captain calls Mercedes into his office because uh, he had seen that when the storeroom was broken into, it was broken into using a fucking key. <laughs> um, and so he has her sit down with him and he's like, oh, it's so interesting. They've, they're being helped by someone on the inside. And uh, oh, and he so he tells he like de- very much scares her, um, but then asks, he's like, uh, okay, you can go. Uh, we, I need you to get something for me from the storeroom, and she's like, "Okay, great." And she gets up to go, and he says, well, "Mercedes, I'm the I'm the only one who has a key, right? Don't you need the key to get in there?" And she's like, "Hmm." So she knows <laughs> oh, she's found out. He doesn't do anything yet, but so she's like, yeah. "Oh, I got to get out of here." So she stashes her stuff, and she goes to Ophelia, and it's like, "Ophelia, I'm leaving," and Ophelia begs her to take her with her. So they both try to sneak out into the woods in the night. And of course, the captain gets them and does not let them leave. And so he locks Ophelia back in her room, puts Mercedes back in that torture room. And starts going through his little torture ritual. 
Mm-hmm. She's all tied up, and he's like saying the same stuff to her about the hammer. He has his and back turned to her, and he's like looking at all his fun tools that he loves. And then she starts fiddling with the knife that she stores in her dress. And as he's yeah, explaining, we had seen before yeah. that every time she like chops vegetables, she takes her little knife and like rolls it up in her apron so it's tucked in there because she's smart. She's smart. Um, and we see, of course, she has that knife. And uh, this, she stabs yeah. him in the back. She stabs the guy Hell in the yeah. back, and it feels awesome. The captain gets stabbed. And then stabbed. she stabs him in the front. <laughs> and then she stabs him in the front. And, and then, then she cuts puts his, the knife in mouth, his mouth, Joker style. <gasps> but first, she says, like, she puts yeah. the knife in his mouth and threatens him and says, like, leave the girl alone. Like, I've gutted pigs fatter than you, or something like that. And, and he says, then like, you never suspect me because I'm a woman, and that's why you, like, it was always me and you never thought it could have been. And then she goes like, and cuts slow and like looks like deep in cheek. there yeah, through yeah. his mouth. Joker style. Yeah. Joker one, style. one cheek. One cheek is cut all the way up. But he's still alive. <laughs> why, I feel like continues. Still alive. She doesn't I kill didn't him. quite get that. I was kind of like, why not I kill mean, I know it, the knife is pretty small. I mean, That's she true. still definitely could have killed him if she'd done an, enough, but like there's no way she could have killed him quick. Well, I was expecting him to like cut, or I was expecting her to cut his throat, yeah. sort of. Yeah, she doesn't kill him for some reason. Seems she just doesn't like a mistake. <laughs> She's a pacifist. <laughs> yeah, she uh, decides. Yeah. To, but so she does fuck him up, and then just, just she like, does. She think she's going to get away with that. <laughs> She well, so does, she walks away really quietly in a way that's kind of cool. Okay, because she, yeah, she's, she's like, still like, in the base of all the soldiers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, well, and she's covered her in blood, like, calmly. She's like covered in blood and walking slowly, and she's like, "Oh my god, don't look, don't look." <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of them even like one of them sees her, and he says to the other guy, "Like, oh wow, he let her go." <laughs> and the other soldier's like, "Wait," and they make eyes, and she's like, uh, "And so she, she just runs gives the woods, and yeah, they all start. Up, she's like, "It's cool, <laughs> all good." He said, "I can go." <laughs> I'm innocent. <laughs> um, Banshees of Inisherin style, like to the donkey. <laughs> um, and so they, she runs into the woods. They follow her. But then she is, the rebels come out and they kill those soldiers and it's her brother's alive. They hug. She goes back with rebels and we. Yeah. So that's so Mercedes is OK. Yeah. Um, and and then a lot of the, the soldiers die. Back. Yeah. Wait, why does the fawn come back, though? I don't remember. Doesn't she go and meet the fawn? She like goes into the labyrinth. Am I, is that wrong? That comes next. Doesn't she find him? No, I think oh, the fawn okay, okay, comes sorry. back and is like, because now she's locked in a, a room on her own. Um, and I think at night has fallen, which I guess is when the fawn comes. And he comes back and he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> he goes, I'll give you one more chance. Right. Um, to complete your final task, you need to bring your brother into the labyrinth um, and bring him to me. And then you'll be, we'll, we will let you let you back in. Um so she the the her brother is in the captain's room. Um, so she goes, sneaks in there, and that and meanwhile we see that the captain has gone back to his room. He has learned that Mercedes got away and that now there are like fifty or so rebels and only twenty of them. So they're pretty much fucked. Um and he then he goes into his office or room or whatever and starts stitching up his own mouth 
so and doing gross. a great job, honestly. He, he really does a just great, puts it I was back like, how together. could somebody fucking do that? Like, I'm sort of like, if you didn't want the doctor to betray you, clearly you have the skills of a doctor, so you should have just like <laughs> foregone yeah. that. So yeah, we see him like stitch up his own mouth and then take two shots that only make him I, seemingly. I was just yeah, say, he, like, and you can't take a shot it. with an open wound all through your mouth, but an open the wound. liquid yeah. comes through the wound. Ew, it's like, the nastiest it's like thing. Antiseptic, it's, <laughs> like if maybe it's cleaning yeah, it, and also it's like cleaning, yeah. numbing at a certain point. It's cleaning. So we yeah. see him. He takes two shots and then he fills his cup up again and puts it down. And meanwhile, Ophelia is in his room, like sneaking around and he sort of notices like something feels off. We see her take the tincture and drop some drops of that into his glass. But he leaves the room. Oh, oh, a soldier comes in and he's like, we're being attacked. They go out. The the rebels are fully blowing up their shit um, (laughs) because now they know that they are more of them. And they're, you know, they have the upper hand. And so Ophelia gets her brother and is going to carry him out. Captain comes back in, drinks that cup, but then sees Ophelia Mm -hmm. and is like, give me my son and starts, he gets a gun and she's like, no, he starts following her, but he's um, pretty immediately like a little woozy, but obviously not fast enough. Um, And so she heads into the labyrinth with her brother and he starts following her. This is the only point in time where it actually did sort of feel labyrinthy, where it was like yeah. there were little like shining esque, where yeah. they're just like you know, yeah, going around a lot of corners, um, mm-hmm. and then so finally, she gets to the fawn. She gets, gets to the fawn, and her final challenge um, is to get, uh, sort of get her brother's innocent blood and put it into <laughs> the big well so that. The portal will open with blood of the an innocent. Will open. Uh, the blood of an innocent. Um, and she refuses mm-hmm. to do that. The fawn is like, no, you stupid girl. You have to do it. That's the only way you'll you open the portal. You don't even know this baby. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Think he's yeah you like, barely know him. <laughs> you don't even know him. Like, you're a princess. You're going to not be a princess because this fucking baby? Is it like baby? asking to and kill to fair, the baby or just like point. take a little bit of blood? <laughs> and he, That's the other thing. He was like, I just need a little. And she was like, I don't believe mm. you. And I was like. Yeah. Which. Fair, honestly, Fair, I don't yeah. know that I would believe him either. Um, right, I mean, he's so, a fawn. He's a yeah. literal monster of the underworld, and he's like, can I just quickly borrow that baby? I'll give it right <laughs> he's back. He's a little too excited for the baby's blood. You know, yeah. it is a little okay. suspect. Yep. Um, but so, yeah, she's like, no, 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 I'm not. And she's holding him to her, and she's like, no. And then just then, the captain shows up. He made his way to her, and he says, give me my, give me my son back, which... She's, you know, she has no choice, really. Yeah. So she gives him the son and then he shoots her. Damn. Yeah. And he shoots her and she falls. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. we know her he's a dick. I guess I don't know why it shot. surprises me. Right. He's, he's yeah. an yeah, asshole. He never liked her. It was kind of a, move I was surprised it went there. But I was also, I celebrated it. <laughs> or, yeah. I didn't celebrate it, but... It, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I, <laughs> I like the swing. I like the, the commitment this to being an choice. asshole. This is a choice. Yeah. Yeah. So um, then her blood falls into the well mm. and it turns... Sorry, go ahead. Well, we're still not sure. Like, her blood is falling, but it, and we're still right. like, is she dead? Is, right. is this going to work? Like, is that blood going to open it? Is she innocent but then he enough because she did eat those two grapes? Is she innocent enough? 
And he turns True. around and has the baby and sees all the rebels are there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the and the Mercedes is like, give me the baby. And he does because now he's out. He's going to he realizes die. like, OK, they're mm-hmm. going to kill me. And so he hands the baby and then he's like, just um, I want just tell the like I want the baby to know when what what time I died because tell his, my son yeah what time his father which was a theme we learned his father did the same thing mm-hmm. he like smashed his watch at the time that he got killed so that his son would know what time he died interesting he's like I'll tell my son what time I died okay. and Mercedes has the, like the most killer line ever where she's like no your baby won't even know your name oh. shoots him oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Was iconic. it's awesome hell yeah it was That's actually such perfect. a sleigh it felt incredible I loved her just being like no. <laughs> <laughs> she like no. barely even let him finish speaking. It was Mm-mm. like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then we watched the blood of Ophelia drip into the uh, labyrinth. Um, we'll call it a labyrinth. <laughs> if we have sure. to. <laughs> and then uh, it does open and she like is taken to the, the fantasy underworld that's like all golden yellow. Mm-hmm. And there's a king and a queen sitting and there. She is, is her like, mother. She looks healthy. She doesn't have any blood on her. She's wearing an iconic sort of Project Runway-esque found materials mm-hmm. outfit. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then her mother and her father who are glowing and bejeweled st- sit on tall thrones and there's a third throne all for her and the fawn is like you passed the final test which was no matter basically no matter what i told you to do you chose to sacrifice your own blood rather than the blood of an innocent and then he calls her your mm-hmm. highness and it's clear that she is now back in her back in her kingdom as a as a princess and then we go back to is the final scene Mercedes like embracing her as she's dying in the normal I world think now? So. Yeah. She so then we see like her, yeah, her mortal form. She she dies. We see her like sort of smile as she's dying, because you know, in her mind she's mm-hmm. she's back in her palace. Um and yeah, we see Mercedes crying over her as she Damn. dies in the in war torn Spain. They killed and, that ten year old. Yeah, they really did do it. Yeah, they really they killed really her. Did. They really killed a 10-year-old. And then we get our, our final voiceover um, explaining the, the rest of the fairy tale. It was basically like, and then she lived happily ever after, kind of. It was like, Yeah, they're uh, like, she returned to her kingdom. She ruled for many years. Um, she left traces of her time on Earth for those who, who know where to look. And we see like a little flower bloom and... And, um, wow, yeah. so sad. And that's that. That's the end of the movie. Uh, that was it. That was the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. The one little detail I do think is important to mention is that at some point when she's talking to the fawn, the captain walks in and can't see the fawn. Mm. Yes, correct. So yeah. it is like there is a sense that maybe this is all in right. Her she's like head. escaping. Yeah, so they want to. Get out yeah, of the real world. but the one mm-hmm. counterpoint to that is that the captain can see the root under the bed, which was given yeah. to her by the fawn. Mm. So I and think it's physically sort of halfway work. between, yeah, like halfway between fantasy and reality. Yeah, yeah it is interesting. It, it definitely is. There's. I feel like the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, 100% the fantasy world is real. Like mm-hmm. she, and this time uh, watching it, which I'm maybe older and sadder that I was like oh I think it could there's absolutely a version where this is like all in her head Mm -hmm. um and this is she like created this like the bug the fairy was just a bug and she imagined it to be 
a fairy like the the root she maybe she found it the like all all of this is oh, an escape she gave herself um and then she just actually dies at the end both are i don't know it's, whether it's like true or not it she found happiness and an escape and a, and a fantasy because you know the world is a horrible horrible scary mm-hmm. place particularly then and for her um but i don't know yeah either one i kind of like leaning into that it, it is real and i feel like Guillermo del Toro tends to make the fantasy real like it's like no 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 there really is like a fish man and you can fall in love with him and there really right. you know yeah all of that is true so i don't know but there's room there's room to to think yeah. about either one i choose to believe <laughs> <laughs> and also as we've learned there's more evil in the real world than there is in the literal Absolutely. underworld Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was the whole time expecting a twist from the fawn. I was surprised when it just like was like, oh, no, it's because even at the beginning when it was like, oh, the underworld, she the girl, the princess dreamt of being in the normal world. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to be sort of like the message is like the reality you have Both is still bad. Yeah. Like and so instead it was like, oh, no, I guess the underworld just does kind of rule. And in the intro, <laughs> the princess there was just like wanting to explore something else. <laughs> I it was confusing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. She just, just like, like wanted to go to college and then but then she moved back. <laughs> come home. back. Yeah. Very like part of your world, you know, like yeah. Ariel wanted to see where the people are. Yeah. Uh, situation. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a really it's a really beautiful movie. It's really upsetting and also just like really lovely. Yeah, it it was so good. Everything looked incredible. I was really impressed with how good all the scary, yeah. spooky stuff looked. And a lot of I, I read that there obviously there's some CGI like the fairies and stuff and the and the toad, but a lot of it was practical and and you can tell. I mean, he's so good at at creature design and all that stuff. And it it really yeah it does it does look really good, especially considering 2006. You know. Mm-hmm. An actual ab- absolute black pit of time for all content. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, truly, what, computers what weren't even invented best, yet. Yeah. What won best picture in uh, that year? So two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Great question. Best picture winner. It was The Departed. <laughs> Very different movie. A very different movie. <laughs> wow. Interesting. I also don't feel like we were like even considering actually giving a best picture to a foreign film in. 2007. <laughs> like yeah. We're like, yeah, we'll nominate it, but... Well, it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, I don't think. Oh, just really? um, screenplay? Yeah, maybe even director. Although, wait, hold on. Let me see. But that was also yeah. back when there were only five oh, Best right. Picture nominees, right? right, right. right? So it was right. The, the Departed, right. Letters from Iwo Jima, The Queen, Babel, and Little Miss Sunshine. Hmm. Whoa. Wow, Little Miss Sunshine was nominated for Best Picture. Oh, yeah, it was huh. a huge, huge yeah. indie success. Yeah. Oh, Best International Feature Film. It was nominated. Yeah. I think he won an Oscar this year, right? Um, For Pinocchio? Guillermo for Pinocchio. He did. Mm -hmm. Which is apparently amazing. I keep meaning to watch it. Yeah, I mean, mean, it. And he has since won Best Picture for Shape of Water. Didn't Shape of Water win Best Picture? Yeah. 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 I think Pan's Lab wants us better than Shape of Water. (laughs) I agree, actually. Yeah. I was impressed with how, like, it was also, yeah, dealing with, like, a civil war, like, fascism going on while also dealing with fantasy. I was like, this is a lot to juggle and you're doing it so well. Yeah. I know when I went back to, like, take these notes, I kept being like, oh, my God, there's so much, like, there's so much back and forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's the fawn story. But then, yeah, there's like all the war stuff. That's just a lot. 
happening. Also, it's a lot. Sh- I when I remembered when I was thinking about rewatching this movie, I was like, oh, I think this is a really long one. Hour fifty, which like isn't crazy they for a movie like this. They don't make like movies this. like they used to. No. They don't make movies. Maybe 2006 <laughs> was the best time. <laughs> if this movie were made today, it would be three and yeah, a half absolutely. hours. Absolutely. We would be adding at least an extra hour to this. This is a 250. <laughs> yeah. No question. It would also be like all CGI, somehow worse CGI, and extremely dark so that they like wouldn't have to work on the mm-hmm. special effect more. <laughs> yeah, too, absolutely too dark. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But I'm glad we finally we finally did this one. It was it was great to revisit. I recommend recommend to people to watch it. Um, if it's not too scary, you you know when you can look away from that violence. Um, you know That's you true. know you know when it's coming, and so you can. You can look away. It is tough to look away in a subtitled oh, film. Yeah, that's because, a little bit harder. You yeah. know, you might you might miss stuff. And even if you do my classic trick of covering part of the screen, you still got to leave those, you know, those <laughs> subtitles open. So if any violence is happening in the lower part of the screen, you you still might see it. But it's worth a watch. Yeah, couldn't agree more. For instance, when you were talking about the severed hand that was cut across the hand, I actually did not know that until you just said it because I, I think I had <laughs> closed away. my eyes because yeah. I knew I that. don't think I could see yeah. it so clearly. I, I forced, I forced my, I say I looked away for the legs. We really, we did a good job of talking to you. I looked away for the leg because I, amputation I, I can't do. But that one I was like, I just, I felt that I needed to, to know. It's easier for me to look once it has happened than yeah. when it is happening. Could not have watched him cut that hand or beat the hand but once it's done i can sort of be like okay what yeah happened there <laughs> it's kind of like my relationship to scary movies in this podcast i'm like i get yeah. like once it's done i can experience it but yeah. i don't want to live through it and you know shout yeah. out to magic chalk i feel like not oh enough fantasy yeah, we didn't really touch on the magic, magic chalk, chalk too much but it, was, it made me it was like chalk's pretty fun chalk's pretty fun it's I haven't a whole messed around with chalk right in a long time <laughs> I so. love a secret door. Oh, don't get me started yeah. on a secret door. So nice. It's that so is the fantasy. Nice. Uh, yeah, I love that. Um, well, thank you so much for doing this with us. Thanks for having um, for us. Having us. And we would love tell our listeners a bit about Stradio Lab, about anything else you want to plug. Um, where can everybody check you out? So Stradio Lab, you go for you go do it. Okay, <laughs> so Straighter Lab is our uh, podcast about straight culture. So each episode, we uh, have a guest, and they bring in uh, a straight topic. So it can be something simple like football or <laughs> weddings, or something more sort of like high concept, like um, someone someone's topic was overhead lighting, mm. which is honestly one of my favorite <laughs> topics we've done, um, or. Like math. Actually, a, a good recent one was maps, just like <laughs> physical maps. Um, wow. Yeah. I would put I would put. Yeah. Like needing looking up directions feels totally. like straight. It's closer. a very fun <laughs> lens through. It's a very fun lens through which to view everything. And you can sort uh-huh. of debate whether something is straight or not. But um, yeah, that's it. It's a pun on Radio Lab and it's our podcast. <laughs> Amazing. Well, where and any the. Uh, Social social oh, media. Sure. Oh, just the, look know. up our names. You'll find it all. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sam Taggart and George Severus. We, we use our real names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On everything. We use our real names. Great. Yeah. Great. And if I shared your Instagram reel, I'm really sorry. And I did not mean anything by it. <laughs> look, we're all doing we're all doing what we can. Our brains aren't meant to process. It's true. It's true. W- w- what's happening on our phones. Yeah. Um, it's unnatural. Again, somebody invent cat 
bird TV, but for human <laughs> social media. I would love it. Um, and solar powered chargers. Solar powered chargers. Charger we come phones. up with a lot of really good ideas. Yeah. Get to work, people. Get to work. So get to work. Get to work. Um, no voices in this one. We usually end with a voice. I mean, just it's just in, in Spanish. Um, oh my God. I just, no, I can't. I know. I was I was like, can I say, try can to figure out how to say it in Spanish? Spanish? Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. What do we usually say from all of us here? Um, por todos nosotros at Too Scared and Watch. <laughs> Hasta luego. Hasta luego. Hasta luego. Oh, man, Hasta luego. Hasta luego. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if one episode a week just is not enough for you, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast to become a patron and receive all sorts of extra goodies from us, including bonus episodes, trailer reactions, and more. And no matter what, we will see you right here next week for another episode. We love you so much. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.